It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning. Today is Friday. It is the seventeenth of August 2012 and this is the Lois J. Wetzel Show. I'm your host and executive producer Lois Wetzel coming to you in a pre-recorded session from Visoko, Bosnia where I am, that's B-O-S-N-I-A, did I say that too fast? Bosnia, where I am in the process of um, collecting data to write a book about this uh, Fascinating phenomenon, the largest pyramids in the world, at least the largest ones we know about on the land, and um, some very mystical, interesting tunnels under the earth that lead to at least one of the pyramids. I've been here about a week, spent, um, actually left Houston on the 9th, and um, well, I had a very interesting experience. Uh, flew to Chicago and from Chicago to Munich and overnight from Munich to, well, overnight to Munich. And then uh, from Munich to Sarajevo, we uh, lost an engine and it was a twin engine aircraft. That means only one side of the aircraft, it was a Lufthansa jet. Only one side of the aircraft had any power, so as you can imagine, we were going back and forth, wobble, 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 wobble. Apparently, some of the people in the aircraft thought we were all going to die. <laughs> I didn't. Um, and we did manage to land safely, but it was uh, it was tricky, and I wish I knew that pilot's name because he was really good. He There was a great landing, uh, but unfortunately, we stayed a very long time, like maybe six hours, and... Uh, Zagreb, Croatia, which is where we uh, landed because it was the closest airport after we lost the uh, use of the engine. And I met two really nice English women who were on that flight with me, and uh, we visited for a while. And boy, did did I, I mean, I was awake all night long um, due to the seat I had chosen for the transatlantic flight, which I will never choose that position again. It was right right next to the crew. And once they closed that um, curtain around their seats so that some of them can sleep, um, everyone was bumping into me, so I couldn't sleep for being bumped into all night long. Um, so I kind of crashed and burned in, uh, after we had dinner, an early dinner, um, which was paid for by Lufthansa. They were really nice about that. Um, right there in the airport, I just sort of... I took a, a nap that I just had to take. So um, they were kind of uh, watching over me, these two ladies, from one from Wales, the other from England. Um, they turned out to be on their way to the pyramids as well. They're volunteers here too. Um, the first couple of days I spent kind of um, 
dealing with jet lag, which means sleeping. I slept day and night almost. Fortunately, I did sleep through the night. And part of the reason I'm here is because of the healing properties of the temple. I've been kind of uh, over burning the candle at both ends, let's put it that way. I work a lot um, with sort of a sense of urgency that there's um, there's a lot I need to do before a certain period of time lapses and um, I can't seem to get it through my head that I've already done everything I needed to do and from this point um, everything's gravy and that you know we are where we're supposed to be in fact we're ahead of of our light quotient and have been for 20 years so we're all going to be just fine and I just need to let go of the uh, I don't know working too much thing because after a while, you get burned out in terms of physically exhausted, which I have. Um, so that's part of the reason I'm here. But the last couple of days, I've been having a wonderful time. I went to um, the tunnels at Ravne and spent some time in there where they've got incredible, incredible healing frequencies. They're like 40 times the number amount of they measure I measure all this stuff with machines 40 times the amount of um negative ions which is what your air purifier probably puts out negative ions in order to clean the air this is maybe the cleanest air in the whole wide world 40 times as many negative ions um, let's see I'm going to read to you from the um pamphlet here on the Bosnian pyramids the Underground Labyrinth at Ravne, R-A-V-N-E. Now, if you want to look up more about this on the Internet, it's uh, uh, just Google Bosnian Pyramids or Bing it. Heck, Bing it. I mean, I've been using Bing lately. Huge network of underground tunnels, intersections, chambers, and water accumulations was a, a constructed under the Bosnian Valley of the Pyramids. Discovery of the labyrinth was predicted by the discoverer of the pyramids, uh, Sam or Samir Osmanagic, Ph.D., in his book in October 2005, he based it on similar cases in Egypt, China, and Mexico. Under pyramids, there are frequently, um, this is me ad-libbing now, under um, pyramids, there are very, very often tunnels. Uh, we're not sure why yet. Uh, until then, until 2005, narrow entrance and one tunnel were considered a natural cave. Persistently working, the foundation has proved the existence of a complex labyrinth tens of kilometers long. The distance from the entrance to the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is 2.9 kilometers. Two cultural layers are visible. The original builders of the labyrinth more than 12,000 years ago, at the same time uh, they were also the pyramid builders, and, and a civilization uh, which sealed off the tunnels and chambers 5,000 years ago. During the labyrinth building, thousands of tons of conglomerate material were moved out. It was later used as a construction material for the concrete which coats the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. That's right. Over 12,000 years ago, somebody was making concrete. And you should see these slabs. They're the size of a massage table, only thicker and maybe a little wider and longer. There is an absence inside these tunnels. There is an absence of negative radiation 
of cosmic radiation, Hartman's, grid, Hartman's Curry's, and Schneider's grids, uh, natural re radioactivity or negative energy from underground waters. And there's a lot of underground water flow under there, underneath uh, the tunnels and the pyramids. It therefore represents one of the most secure locations on the planet. The foundation has been cleaning and securing by wooden supports existing prehistorical tunnels that lead toward the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun in a southeast direction. Now what do we mean by prehistorical? It doesn't mean cavemen anymore. It means prior to our written history, prior to our knowledge. That's prehistorical. The air circulation in the caves or the tunnels is perfect and it allows for normal breathing all the way. It was made possible by different ceiling heights that have caused different air pressure pushing the air as a natural fan. The slope of the floors is at the 1.5 degree, which is the same slope we use today for fine water drainage. It's the perfect slope for water drainage. Negative ion concentrations are dozens of time higher, times higher than average. It would make the atmosphere clean of bacteria and viruses, which, by the way, this has been measured. The water in there ha is completely free, and so is the air, of viruses and bacteria. Therefore, this complex was probably used as a place re for rejuvenation and healing. So, now you know why I went in there. Now, if you've never heard me talk about these pyramids before, um, or never heard me interview the uh, man who discovered the pyramids, and, and he's on here. Uh, there are at least two interviews in the archives, so if you're curious about this, you can go back and listen to what he has to say about it. But if you've never listened to me talk about this subject before, it's pretty fascinating. What we're finding out now is from satellite imaging, meaning from things orbiting in outer space and taking pictures of the Earth, is that there are pyramids on every continent, but they're covered with dirt. And we have always thought of pyramids as being something that is exposed, and the only reason they are, uh, you know, like we think of them as being in Egypt, is because sand doesn't stick to the pyramids. It just blows off. Okay, but where there is regular soil like there is on the rest of the planet, no offense to the desert people, but, you know, the other kind of soil, um, it sticks to things and covers them up. And that's what's happened to most of the other pyramids. Now, it doesn't come as any surprise to me that we're finding new pyramids because I've seen pyramids. The first time I saw pyramids covered with dirt was 1972. I was just married and traveling with my husband to... Um, all the way to Central America, we drove the the uh, Pan American Highway and stopped at various pyramid sites because I insisted, and we climbed on a lot of them. Then we went back to the Yucatan went with our children in about 1986 and uh, climbed on some different pyramids. So I've seen a lot of them that have been uncovered. I have seen a lot of them that are partially covered and they have dirt on them with trees growing out of it. And if you didn't know what you were looking for, you would think they were just hills. That's what they look like. So you might look around where you live. And, oh, by the way, I think we've got some very deep ones in the United States, and they're, they're so covered up, so far down, that we're calling them Indian medicine mounds. Yeah. They're really old on the uh, United States continent. 
the windows open if you can hear traffic and horns and so on because there's no air conditioning here and it's in the afternoon um, so the window's got to be open or I would just turn into a puddle of sweat um, so anyway these um, these pyramids are being people are noticing them now and how do you know if it's a pyramid or a hill well if it's uh, not so deep that it looks like an Indian medicine man, and you see four sides that are sort of triangular, and you measure the direction. Now remember, they're not going to be exactly triangular because the soil will build up at different um, thicknesses in different locations depending on the way the wind blows and so on, you know, persistent wind directions. Um, but are the sides, are there four approximately equal sides, and do the sides align to the four directions, north, south, east, and west? If they do, you probably have a pyramid. And it's probably many, many feet of dirt on, on top of it. So it, the pyramid's probably many, many feet underneath the dirt. So how do you find out? Well, you dig. And that costs money and takes a lot of energy and volunteers if you can get them. And so um, what happened uh, with these pyramids is that um, Dr. Osmanovich came here after having been in, living in Texas for quite a few years. He's an American citizen now. Um, came back home for a visit and went to a little uh, museum in um, a small town near where he grew up, which is Sarajevo, and this small town is Visico. And he has a PhD in Mayan studies. It's one of his many advanced degrees. Um, and so he knows a lot about pyramids. He's looked at them all over the world, especially Central and South America. And he realized that he was standing on top of a pyramid and it was bigger than anything he'd ever seen before including in Egypt. And he began a couple of years later to excavate uh, feeling like that you know this was a very important thing for him to do and there you have it that's how all that got started. So in addition to collecting data on these pyramids um, so that I can write a book about my experience and about the people I meet here, and there are a lot of interesting people. I mean, there are people from all over the world, and there are scientists from all over the world and archaeologists from all over the world um, coming in as volunteers in one capacity or another. Um, but in addition to that, I'm still working. I'm still doing my readings, my Akashic Records readings, and my healing sessions remotely, because if you're doing remote sessions, you can do them from anywhere on the planet. Time and space don't mean anything. So every other day I go out and look at the pyramids, go visit the tunnels, take pictures of not just the tunnels and pyramids, but the little town, so people can see what this town looks like. And I post on the blog, and I work on my clients and email them their session notes, audio session notes, so they can listen to them again and again. And um, so every other day, I'm, I'm either working on the computer and working, you know, doing client sessions, 
or uh, the next day I will be at one of the locations. At least that's the way it's turned out so far. Um, one of the pyramid locations. I'm planning to go on a camping trip with a couple of other people to the Pyramid of the Moon this weekend. I will let you know how that turns out. I haven't been to that pyramid yet. I've been to the uh, tunnels and I've been to uh, the Pyramid of the Sun. And there are other locations. There's the thing, there's this thing called the Tumulus, Tumulus, T-U-M-U-L-U-S. The Silvery Hill in uh, England is a Tumulus. And uh, they've got one here, too. It's called Vratnica, V-R-A-T-N-I-C-A. Oh, and another thing I'm doing, I'm learning as best I can, I'm learning Bosnian, uh, which is not easy because, uh, you know, there aren't any language learning programs that I've found yet. If somebody knows of one, please email me. Um there's the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, of the Moon, the underground labyrinth at Ravne. There's the Bosnian, um, the Vratnica Tumulus, which is not a pyramid. And then there is the, the underground KTK tunnels, which is real interesting. It's close to the hotel. Uh, these are underground tunnels that were rediscovered in 2006, close to the Bosna, B-O-S-N-A, river. The foundation cleaned and secured 150 meters of these tunnels, and their height is about 3 meters or 9 feet, and the width is uh, 2.5 meters, which is about 7 feet. Yards, sorry. No, feet. Fragments of several stone circles were discovered in there, um, and one of those tunnels leads toward the Bosnian Pyramid of the Moon, and another one in the direction of the Pyramid of the Sun, going underneath the river, F-O-J-N-I-C-A. I'm going to try to say that. Fonica. That's it. J is pronounced wise. Fonica. Fonica. Um, the underground chamber was discovered in 2007, and during the, this work, the water started coming in in large quantities, and work was halted ever since due to security concerns. In other words, it flooded because the river was different in a different location, um, rivers change course, you know, in a different location than it had been when these tunnels were built. So they can't explore those anymore. And maybe someday that'll change, but that's the way it is now. Now, one of the people, uh, the volunteers I've met here is a um, an archaeologist from New Zealand named Tim. He's a pretty interesting guy. He's busy, 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 as you might imagine, but he's going to be here for a month. I will be here for two months. Um, he'll be here uh, long enough that he's agreed to let me interview him and upload that to my radio show. Um, and the first day he was here, he was down in the tunnels. They found a new um, a new tunnel that's um, sort of... It's a side tunnel to the main ones that they've been excavating, and uh, they just discovered that in June. And it it goes a very long way, and you have to you know climb through several feet of water in order to get there. The bottom bottom part of the tunnel has water in different places, but um, he was in there the first day, which was the day before yesterday, the first day that they worked, 
and um, he found a uh, a miner's lamp, an iron lamp, very corroded, that was about 300 years old, which means uh, it's a major find. It means that somebody was in that part of the tunnel about 300 years ago in the 1700s because he found one exactly like it, a photograph of one, and it's uh, a miner's um, lamp. Now, bear in mind that is a part of the tunnel that um, it would. he says that they probably came in from another direction, or they must have because the tunnel, uh, the other part of the tunnel was filled up very, the, the direction that we've been coming in was so filled up with um, conglomerate that it's taken years for them to get to that point. So they must have come in from another direction. Now, this does not mean anybody was mining in there. Think of an, um, a miner's lamp that is an oil-burning lamp, a little tiny thing with a hook on it, and the hook was missing, but it's the lamp part. Um, there's a picture of it on my blog, hotpinklotus.blogspot.com. You can go there and, and see a lot of pictures of what I'm talking about. And you can subscribe to the blog if you like. Um, and see what's happening, you know. As that's the one that's about travel. As I do this trip, you can you can check day to day. Especially if you follow it, you'll get a notice in your inbox when I post. Um, but anyway, he found this thing and it was kind of corroded. But bear in mind that this was the the modern day equivalent to that is a flashlight. So just because somebody left a flashlight behind does not mean they were doing one particular thing or another. They could have been um, hiding. They could have been having a romantic tryst. They could have been exploring. Uh, they could have been mining. We don't know yet what they were doing. Indeed, we may never know what they were doing. But this is a major find. And then we've got the lead architect. His name is Ricardo. He's Italian. And the evening of that first night, they had a couple of things they'd found, which they were showing to everyone. And there were people who couldn't keep their hands off of them, so I don't know if we'll be allowed to come in and see them anymore. Um, people, young people sometimes get excited, and they, you know, don't hear what you say about keeping your hands off things. And they don't understand the... Um, Let's see, empirical process. In other words, you've got a laboratory and you don't touch things that haven't been thoroughly studied yet. Just by touching them, you can knock things off of them, cause them to break, change um, change something about them. So we got to see some fresh finds, and then I saw um, Tim this morning. Apparently he's an early riser like I am, and he was... Um, emailing somebody and I said well did you find anything yesterday he said oh yeah a lot of stuff so it's really cool to have an extra architect I mean archaeologist I keep getting those words flipped extra archaeologist on site because um, how much can one person do Ricardo is mostly um, organizing um, digs on several different locations and running around all day long and the average Joe is going to miss stuff that a trained archaeologist will find, like Tim did. So, because he knows what to look for. Oh, something kind of interesting happened that night. I was talking to Ricardo, and I told him I have a background in 
um, visual arts. That's my earliest academic training. I have a Master of Fine Arts. And then I'm a painter. And so I see things because I'm visually trained. Um, I see things other people miss. And so he handed me a pot shard and said, tell me what you, what do you see on with this? Tell me what you, what you pick up on this. So I looked at it and I said, well, it was done with a paintbrush. And he said, how do you know that? There were some parallel lines going in two different directions. And you could see the beginnings of the lines. And I said, well, you see how these lines, where they begin, are tapered. And you can't do that with a stick or a pen or any other kind of tool except a brush. And he said, oh, why don't they teach archaeologists that? I said, I don't know. And I said, also, this looks like... Um, this looks like pottery I saw in Costa Rica about 30 years ago, or was it 40? Um, and this pottery was dated uh, between 15 and 1800 years old. And right after that, Tim, the archaeologist from New Zealand who's acting as a volunteer, said, Oh, look, I found the pot shard, meaning the one I was holding. And he said, uh, It's Roman, and it's from 400 A.D., which puts it right in there where I said, between 15 and 1800 years old. 16 is what he would have, you know, 400 years A.D. would be 1600 years ago. So that was pretty cool. That was kind of fun. I accurately dated the pot shard. So I guess I realized I've, I'm an amateur archaeologist because I've been climbing on pyramids and sort of interested in that kind of thing for a really long time, probably much more so than the average bear. Um, but that's part of art, too. You know, Architecture is a form of art, and pyramids are architecture. I've always been fascinated with architecture. So anyway, um, let me tell you a little bit about the Pyramid of the Moon. It's a step pyramid, and I haven't been there yet, like I said, and I'm really excited about going there because from the pictures I've seen online at the pyramid, the Bosnian Pyramid website, um, you will see that a lot of it's been uncovered, and um, they've got really beautiful tiles that have been uncovered. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about the Bosnian Pyramid of the Moon. It is 190 meters in height. So it's bigger than the Great Pyramid of Egypt, which is 147 meters at the peak. And uh, the Pyramid of the Moon combines shaped sandstone blocks or tiles and layers of clay, which was used as construction material in very large quantities. The sources of the material are located nearby. The clay is an excellent construction material and was used as a binder, a waterproofing agent, and a thermo-audio insulation uh, material. So it kept out sound and heat, or kept it in. The terrace design is unique in pyramid science. This particular type of, um, they've never found another pyramid that's built like this, quite like this. There are other step pyramids, but not like this one. The upper layer of sandstone is glued, glued. Remember, 12,000 or more years old, glued to the base of sandstone plates. Organic material has been discovered between two layers at the archaeological trench number 20 on the western triangular pyramid face. 
the radiocarbon analysis performed by the Institute for Physics of Silesian Institute for Technology in 2011 confirmed the age of the organic material as 12,350 years old, plus or minus 50 years. This is scientific confirmation of an exceptional age of, these, of the Pyramid of the Moon, which is older than ancient Sumer, Babylon, and Egypt. This predates ancient Egypt. The Institute for Materials from the University of Zeneca confirmed in 2007 that the sandstone plates or tiles at the same terrace have different hardnesses and porosity. It means that they were shaped from the sandstone found at the different um, holes in the quarries nearby. And the sandstone is widely used as construction material today due to its um, excellent properties. There are a lot of houses in Austin, Texas that have sandstone on the outside. Water accumulation is located under the pyramid and it's connected to the similar underground lakes below the Pyramid of the Sun and the Dragon, which by the way, the three of them, perform, the, their peaks form a perfect equilateral triangle. So that's enough for today. I, will, I hope to do another radio show next week. If you sign up for my email newsletter, you will uh, be notified that right before the show airs that there will be one, so you can tune in either live or later in the archives. Thanks for uh, listening today, and um, if you want to sign up for my newsletter, it is um, hotpinklotus.com. If you decide you don't want to have it anymore or receive it anymore, you can just scroll to the bottom and unsubscribe. Nobody will know. Uh, I'm not notified when someone unsubscribes, so don't be timid. You can just get one and see if you like it. Um, you'll get notices uh, from me about things like the show and occasional informational newsletters. And also, if you want to join me on Facebook, just uh, type Lois Wetzel, and I'm in Houston, um, into the search engine. And on Twitter, I'm H. P, capital H, capital P, capital L-O-T-U-S, H.P. Lotus. Um, to remind you again, I've written two books. One is Akashic Records, Case Studies of Past Lives, which is about past life readings I have done over the years for my clients and how knowing about past lives helped them in this lifetime, healed them, and helped them understand their reason for being on Earth. Um, if you want to learn more about that, go to my website, hotpinklotus.com. Also, I've written a book about Edina, E-D-I-N-A, energy medicine. And um, both of these are on Amazon and Kindle. On Kindle, they are uh, $2.99 apiece. I don't want price to be an obstacle for people in learning about these things. Um, I guess that's about it. Thanks for being here today, and um, come visit me again next week. Oh, there's going to be a uh, conference September 7th here in Visoko about the Pyramid Project, where uh, there will be quite a few presenters, including Klaus Dona, and um, They'll be talking about what they've discovered this year, and it's just stuff is rolling in like crazy. They're having a whole lot more um, discoveries this year than any year before. So, thank, again, thanks for being here. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.